Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. Welcome back, everybody, and special welcome back to our lovely Mads, who is back with us this week. Hello. I'm here. (laughs) The three of us are back together again. I'm so excited. And I think we have a couple of updates that we all kind of wanted to share. I'm going to kick it off to Kelsey, maybe, to start us off. I don't know. I think you guys had some updates to share. Yeah, I can go first. Um, Just want to call out that um, since the lovely Alyssa has left us, we have been figuring out internally how to edit. And with different guests and with different, like, we've been recording from different places. So just appreciate everyone bearing with us. If our audio quality is not perfect, we are working on it and we are going to get better every time. Yes, we are modern women trying to figure out how to do all of this on our own. So... We love gaining a new skill, so that's really great. Um, And then Mads has the more exciting, fun update. I'm actually going to – I'll have a comment afterwards, but I'm going to have Kelsey update for me because she just said it in an eloquent way, and I don't want to get myself in trouble, so I'm going to let my more poised friend speak for me for this update. Kelsey, take it away. Okay, for Mads' update, honor to be giving Mads' update, um, Mads was an extra in a TV show that we will be able to talk about once the show is out because we do not want to get Mads in trouble. Um, But it's a really fun one, and we are going to do a full deep dive once this show airs because Mads was able to get, obviously, full inside scoop behind the scenes, one of our own, and we want to share that with you guys. Um, and it sounds like it was overall very cool but interesting experience. So teaser there. Yes. And the only thing I'm going to say, and then we have to switch the subject immediately because I am like the Tom Holland of like us. Like I just can't. Um, I did think of I did think of both Kathy and Kelsey um, throughout the whole experience. Just, we just talked about it and everything. And I had uh, texted them afterwards, which was like, I thought about you guys all day today. So definitely can't wait to recap that. And Kelsey changed the subject. Okay, changing the subject because we don't want anyone to get in trouble. Um, We also just had a fun texting back and forth in the group chat today about how we decided that next year we are going to take a trip, most likely to my family's place in Palm Desert. And the three of us, since we have still never all been together in person and do a little weekend getaway, just hang out like normal friends, actually record the podcast in person with each other. Um, So that was kind of fun to start thinking about. For anyone that is a scrubbing in listener, I would really like to basically reenact (laughs) the Palm Springs episode with the two of you. And I... I will take on the Becca Tilly uh, role <laughs> if need be. I'll get Sabrina Carpenter on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that is so iconic. You're right. Great parallel. They had such an amazing, like, off-site podcast vacation recording for all the scrubbing listeners. You know. 
On the same and that note, wasn't even planned. On the same note of scrubbing in, um, I was on the phone with Kathy this week, um, just catching up because I've been a little absent. And we were looking at my I looked I decided to open up and look at my resolutions and see how many of them I've done. And one of them oh, which that's I fun. I was. And I, there's also I had like fifteen. Like it was a ridiculous amount. And um it ended up like I think I only done like four of them. And one of them that I had not done was an hour of Tanya time a day, and I did not do that. So, but we had to. You, the scrubbing in parallel reminded me that that was one of my goals. So maybe uh, next year we can try that again. <laughs> you know what? There's still a few months of the year if you want to do that. And for those of you listening who don't know scrubbing in, Tanya time just means taking an hour of the day to do something to take care of you, whether that's a walk or a workout or watching a show or just doing something for you. And she's very big about like staying consistent, scheduling it in your calendar and trying to protect that time. So Mads, I believe in you. I think you can definitely do that for the rest of the year. Thank you guys so much for your support. (laughs) Always, always. Um, Well, uh, I'm very excited to introduce a new series that we are going to be doing where we are deep diving and getting to know each of us, but focusing one at a time. So we're starting with Kathy, this the originator of the podcast, we decided to put her in the hot seat first and how Mads and I are going to approach this a little bit is as if we are Wait, on one second, a one first second, date. One second. Kathy has no idea what we're talking about right now. So she is the <laughs> first time she's hearing this at all. That's good context. Yeah, we told Kathy she wasn't allowed to look at our planning doc today as we were <laughs> plotting out how we want to approach this. But setting the table, you know, Throughout the show, if you've been listening, like you've been able to piece together little pieces of each of our lives and you've been able to piece together more our grief story, but how we want to approach this because we joked and we've made this comment before, like we know all this deep stuff about each other, but we don't know who each other are as like normal people as if we were just normal friends who met you know, at a bar or like because we went to college together or something like that. So a lot of it is going to be as if we were on a deeper first date with Kathy. Um, One of the things that gave me this idea was because since we'll parallel it up, we just were talking and I was talking to Kathy um, a couple days ago about just some things that were going on. And I realized I was like, wait, I like both Kathy and Kelsey have reached out to me individually. Like we've all been talking, but I was like, wait, I don't know anything. Like she, she would talk about her friends or about something. I'm like, I don't even know what like your room looks like, but I see the background of it. I don't know anything. So we like got on a FaceTime and I was like, show me your room. Like, I want to see where you live. Like, I don't know anything <laughs> about you. And it's so weird. So Kelsey, whenever I um, cross your boundaries and FaceTime you out of the blue and ask you to show me your room, don't be surprised. Um, I'll be ready. So now it's time to grill Kathy and take her on the best first date she's ever been on. Wow, I love that, first of all. And second of all, I have a huge glass of rosé next to me (laughs) because I am terrified about the next uh, hour or so. So let's let's just dive in. Take a sip, dive right in. We'll start very easy. Just want to set the table just in case, like, you know, maybe this episode has enticed someone brand new who's never listened. Just give us the very quick high-level basics. What's your name? Where are you from? Where are you living now? What do you do? Just like really quick, let's just get that out of the way. All right. Name is Kathy. Um, 
I guess my last name is Berius, and it's not creepy anymore to just say my full name because everything is already out there about me. Um, born July 21st, I am a Cancer Sun, Capricorn Moon, Virgo Rising, um, Anagram 6, and let's see, Myers-Briggs, ENFJ. I think that the, all of those things probably say a lot about a person, which I could get into on a whole other podcast, truly. Um, I am from LA. I've lived in LA my whole life. I went to college at USC, so also LA, fight on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I studied abroad in France for a semester. So that was kind of actually the only time that I left LA and lived in another place. And it was literally in another country, like across the world. Um, and let's see what else. How old are you? I currently. Okay. Oh, yeah. I am 28. Just recently kind of turned 28. Um, still work in LA. I work in entertainment marketing, which is really cool. At a big studio. Um, trying to think what else. I am an only child. So I grew up with just my parents and me. And yeah, those are kind of like the overall basics. Oh, and in 411. Oh, I love that basic that we learned a lot later on. And then once we met and we were a foot difference in height. Um, Great rundown. And we are going to do a deep dive into the personality types and things like that. Um, But you made the comment about you're in entertainment marketing. And I know Mads made a comment. We were talking about this. Like, we don't actually know what you really do. So can you just please give me a rundown of what the day in the life of Kathy is on just like a regular weekday, like a Tuesday work day. What, what are you morning person? What type of food do you eat? What do you do at work? What's an after work? Just, just lay that out for us. I'm picturing this, like this, like Vogue, like day in the life on set with Timothy Chalamet. Like I want to see a day on day in the life of Kathy. And then I'm, say your last name. Berius. Berius. (laughs) Yes. So I'll just go through today. (laughs) and what I did today. So basically, I wake up and we are now going into the office. Uh, We're hybrid. So we go two to three days a week. So today was a day in the office. Today, I got actually more ready than I usually do because I knew we were going to be recording today. Um, So I showered, got ready and drove to work. The commute has been pretty crappy these days because school has started again and people are going back to the office. So it's about like a 40 minute drive uh, commute into the office. I am currently living at home in the Valley. And so, and my office is also in the Valley, which is helpful, but the little other side. So that's just to give some perspective. Um, And first thing I do is order or get coffee when I'm in the office. That's very important. And today I also ordered some breakfast from the downstairs cafe. So that was good. I usually skip breakfast, which is not a good thing. And I do not (laughs) recommend or encourage that. I just really am not that hungry in the morning. Um, So yeah, breakfast is kind of weird for me. Coffee is essential. And then I go to my desk, start answering a lot of emails. I have a lot of meetings Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So I attend meetings from all different teams. I work on a team that is like the central hub of marketing. And so I'm working like with all the cross functions, like media, social, creative, um, 
retail. And so I'm kind of like the liaison for the whole campaign that I'm working on with all of those teams. So I have a lot of meetings because I'm working with all of those teams individually on a certain film that we are releasing. Um, trying to think what else today I, let's see, what did I, I had some meetings. I had lunch with a coworker and we went to this place, if anyone knows, called Olive in Time in Burbank. And it's actually such a hot spot for all the studio people to go to because it sits kind of like between like Warner, Disney, Universal. So you see people there from work in all the different studios. So that's kind of like, I definitely lived a typical day in the life today. Um, And then I came back, answered some more emails, worked on some reports and had my one-on-one with my boss then had my commute back here and led a meeting at five o'clock we have um we're also a global team so we have a lot of international teams that we work with so we'll have like 8 30 a.m meetings or 5 p.m meetings in order to be on the same time zones as a lot of our friends across the pond so today i was the meeting lead for australia so i had to lead that meeting and just get everyone up to speed on what the central team is doing and then i logged off and now i'm here how do you spend the time in your 40 minute commute each way Well, today I listened to our previous recording to see how our audio is, since as you heard, we're learning how to edit. So that's one way Um, I listen to Scrubbing In as well. And I've recently been trying to curate more playlists. I also really like the Daily Drive playlist on Spotify, which mixes news with your music. And I like getting that like recap from an audio way instead of having to read like newsletters or anything when I'm in. Now I can make my time more efficient driving to work. So I appreciate that. That's a good tip. I didn't even know that was a thing, a combination of music and news. Yeah, I just discovered it. It's really cool. Okay, I'm going to get on that. Um Okay, so that breaks down your day and your job a little bit better. Um, of the Enneagram and Myers Briggs, um, for let's let's explain it as if people don't know it. What are some of the core things? I don't know. Okay, it. so do you, <laughs> Kathy? Do you want to break down what both of those are, and then what your types say about you and how you resonate with them? Yeah, very high level. I'm gonna go about this, but. Um, Myers-Briggs, I think, is a personality test. And I do think that if you, like, were in business at some point, maybe you've taken it or in a corporate environment have taken the test. So I know I've taken it a couple times. And I do think that it changes a lot for people. Like, you should take it probably every couple of years to see if you're curious, that you're if you're the same type, because I think that it do- does change. Mine is like pretty spot on, I would say, Um, and I've taken it a couple of times. So I am ENFJ. There's four different um, like spectrums that you get your letter based on. First one is extroverted or introverted. I am definitely extroverted. I definitely get my energy from other people. I feel like not literally not bagging. I think if you asked any one of my friends, they would be like, Kathy is a friend I know with the most amount of friends. So I feel like, but I feel like that's kind of true because I'm an only child and my friends have become my family. And I, that's kind of had the, been the mentality since I was a little girl. So everything kind of like roots back to maybe grief and childhood or whatever for me, um, cause it's intertwined, but 
definitely extroverted. And then the next one is intuitive or, or sensing, I believe. Um, intuitive. I am definitely like a person that is on high alert all the time, trying to gauge how people feel about a conversation or like just in general, when they're speaking to me, I'm always kind of thinking like, are they happy right now? Are they sad? I'm trying to like gauge. So I definitely think I lean that way. I also do think like the sensing is more like I think observation wise. I'm not too sure. I actually don't quote me on that one, but um, that one, I kind of lean more in the middle than on one end of the spectrum. Um, but I do think that intuitive is probably more so how I am. Uh, F is the spectrum of thinking and feeling. I a thousand percent am a feeler, as you probably know from this podcast, when I've gotten teary-eyed or gotten emotional over speaking about certain things. I'm totally a feeler, and I don't think with... I don't think with my head first I think with or I just feel with my heart first um and then I do think I've gotten better with adding more logic though uh I don't think it's completely not there but it's first and foremost feelings overthinking um and then it's judging or perceiving and this kind of means actually viewing life in like black and white is j and viewing life in gray is p and I am j I definitely I'm like I put things in boxes I kind of categorize things in my mind I used to be in finance which is very different from what I do now but that was all black and white and numbers so that felt a little bit more comfortable for me so the pivot the career pivot is uh, was a bit of a challenge but rewarding challenge in a sense and that's why I did it um, and I could get into that another time but yes so it's black and white thinking so that's Myers Briggs. Love it. And very quickly, I am an ENFJ as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, gosh. as you're going through, yeah. and I'm like, that's also not surprising. But with your career change, remind us quickly when you made that change and what went into that decision. Yeah. In the pandemic, I switched from after five years of finance, went into marketing. I did a lot of self-reflection, as probably a lot of people did when they have so much alone time to themselves. And I think once like my coworkers and my culture and my office was all stripped and it was just virtual, you and your computer and your work at the end of the day, I really had to think about whether or not that was something that I was enjoying. And especially if the future of the corporate world was going to be hybrid or remote, it was something I had to really take a hard look at because moving forward, it was going to be, there were going to be more of these days and it wasn't just going to be like in the pandemic. So that was something that motivated me to read a book called What Color Is Your Parachute? In case anyone wants some career guidance or motivation, it is a very good book. It's like a self-help career exercise book that takes you through all of these different chapters to figure out what are the things you're looking for in the career versus a job? So that's a very big difference that I also had to learn about. Um, and then that all led me to brand marketing where I am now. And um, then I had to basically network as if it was my second job. And I started doing a lot of that and basically just getting validation from other people that this was the right route to choose and pursue. And then I did. And yeah, now I'm here. 
Okay, so you were just talking about how in the pandemic we all were doing some like self self searching and you know trying to figure out who what it was that made us happy, what we wanted to do. And so in as Kelsey said, we have a planning doc. She asked this question, so I want to give her the credit because I thought it was a really good question. And it is like, when do you feel when and where do you feel like you're happiest? And I do really want to know the answer to this question. Ooh, that is a great question. Um, and very bummed that I wasn't able to prepare <laughs> this question. Um, you can revisit it in the graphic. Ha- for no, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, I think that I am my happiest when I'm spending quality time with my friends. And that doesn't have to be like out. That doesn't have to be like at a bar or anything like that or something extremely social. It can literally be alone time watching reality TV with my friends on the couch or just watching TikToks together, like lying down. It's literally probably one of my favorite activities. That's a good one. That's one of mine too. That's one of mine too. Um, Fun fact, that is a good question to ask on a date. I mean, a lot of these questions I think will be, so we can use this as (laughs) tips. Um, Okay. All right, I'll add it to my handy yeah, profile. But okay, um, we'll go through more of these <laughs> questions. Being recorded. Yeah, right. We'll go through more of these questions and then want to circle back to like a little bit more of the love language and more of your story. But kind of want to hit these high level questions. Um, what is something you think is often misunderstood about you? Oh, I think that I have RBF, hard RBF. So when I'm like just dozing off or looking at something people are like they automatically think I'm sad or I'm mad like a lot and I'm generally just I'm just living like I'm just there like living and I feel like people are like ask ask me a lot of times like why am I upset or am I upset etc etc and I'm like no that's just my face and I feel like I have to like say that a lot of times um I think that people I don't I don't know if it's like a I've kind of thought about this before of like, I feel like maybe they, there might be a sense of I'm so tough because of like things I've been dealt with. And so I have to put on a tough face, but, and sometimes that's true, but sometimes I'm just literally dozing off into the air and it has nothing to do with being tough in that moment. I'm just, I don't know, maybe daydreaming, but I'm not necessarily mad or sad okay that's a good one and rbf for those who don't know is resting bitch face just when you kind of always have that you know like a firmer or yeah like upset look on your face um i also think maybe i mean maybe there's a layer of the whole gendered thing too right how you hear men will come up and be like why aren't you smiling why aren't you happy to females all the time so i wonder if there's like any element of that that if like you were male people would ask you as often so just want to throw that out there for sure Okay, so now if we were on a date, I feel like we would order our drinks by now. So what would your what's your what's your go to drink if you're going to um, a restaurant, oh, wow. either on a date or like just with your girlfriends? Like, what do you like to like drink if you're going out? Fave cocktail is a Paloma. That's my first and favorite. Um, and then second would probably be a glass of red, and I like cabs probably the most just you wait till we're in palm desert and i squeeze fresh grapefruit juice (laughs) for our drink from the tree outside yep yep oh my gosh i'm not kidding wow it'll be a next level paloma so just you wait for that i've never had one ever ever had one okay well we have to make you one everyone buckle up it's gonna be life-changing drinks (laughs) life-changing we'll podcast after i try them for the first time oh yeah it masks grapefruit juice masks alcohol 
really well. And I know from experience that masks alcohol really, really well. (laughs) Okay. What is one of your favorite pieces of advice you've ever gotten about anything? Quick, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Nothing is permanent. So I think that for a long time, I always feel like the next job I take or the next place I live or the next decision I make locks me in for a certain amount of time or is a commitment that is so like intense to either a person or a place or an obligation that I've made a promise to. Like I've always kind of felt that way. And I think in the last couple of years, I've really had to hone in the fact that things can last a day, an hour, a second. Like they do not have to last years in my brain as they always had. I think that was a really tough, obviously, lesson to learn in the pandemic of like, when will this end? It feels like it's permanent and the world is permanently changing. Um, However, like we are in a completely different state of the world as we were in March 2020. Like none of that was actually permanent permanent in terms of like locked down in our houses and stuff um that's just one example but just in terms of anything like any feeling is also not permanent it it's fleeting truly and I think that that's also really important in terms of grief of like I can be really sad and I also don't need to get over it so quickly like it can be for hours days etc but just knowing the fact that it's not forever so I think that that's just in such an important lesson that I've learned and gone at that piece of advice from other people. I agree with that. That's uh, I, I loved, I loved how you spoke about that, but I've recently, you know, we've talked about it a little bit too, like discovered the same thing. Um, and on that same note, Sue said, you know, things aren't temporary. See how I'm trying to circle everything back together today. I don't know why <laughs> I'm trying to do that, but I'm going to keep doing it. Um, okay. So what did you, earlier I was talking about how things that I want to prioritize, like, my Tanya time. So what's something that you want to prioritize like for yourself in your next year? Ooh, good question. I mean, the podcast is something that I really want to prioritize in the next year. I feel like it's been my passion project and my baby coming to life that I felt that there was this whole inside of me that this really fulfills and I'm able to do that and I feel like I'm just still learning so much and ramping it up but I do think that that's something that's really driving me in life and I think searching for that thing outside of work and family and friends like truly that and I don't know if every single person has this bone in them, but I do think that it's been inside of me and I've been looking for a way to act on it and this is it. And so I think it's just diving more into that. I don't want to take on like a bunch of things in my life. I just want to take on like maybe one or two things and really put all my efforts towards those. And this being my main kind of project or life opportunity that I'm doing right now. Yeah, love that. And obviously it's like so nice to hear and I think hopefully we all feel the same way that this has been such a great experience and we want to keep focusing on how we can continue to always make it better or reach more people um okay next question what is one area of your life you feel you've grown the most over the years and then the follow-up is what is one area of your life you feel like you need to keep working on the most 
I think the most I've grown, I personally think, um, is really trying to lead with a non with non judgment within my life. Like I, it's very hard, and I think I've been a very judgy person in the past, um, and I still think obviously it exists inside of me in some capacity. But I do think that I've really, really tried in the last like three ish years and I think this is also pandemic related um that to really give everybody like their I guess to try to um see everything from their perspective and in other people's shoes even if I don't agree with them or believe in the same things as they do I really emphasize not trying to be judgmental um and that can be hard when you strongly believe in something or are passionate about something and somebody challenges that or doesn't align with that or whatever. Um, I just, I just truly come from such a like, this is maybe where like the logical part of me comes in of like, I really try to be fair and just and try to see everything from every possible side. I don't want to let like, my side feel like that's the only way and the right way. I just think that that's unhealthy. Um, I think from like a business perspective as well, like that's how I approach things in my work. It's how I approach decisions in my life or conflict. Sometimes I really try to view it from the other person. And even when I'm giving advice to other people, I'm probably like sometimes a person that's saying, that's saying, well, like, let's see what, like, from their perspective. So if you want me to be like, yeah, fuck them, like, no, you're right, whatever. I don't know if I'm always that person, because I'm so logical in my brain. Um, But I do have passion and emotion as well. So I get that too. Um, But I think so that this is the part where I've been learning to be that non-judgmental person. Um, And especially with COVID and stuff, it's been such a lesson to be learned by by me. Um, It's funny you say that, Kath, because I don't mean to keep going back to it, but I'm pretty sure whenever I had called you, like I was like texting and I was like, okay, Kathy's on Instagram. She's available. Kelsey's probably busy. (laughs) So I called her up and I was like, she was talking and I was like, okay, I don't want advice. I want you to just be mad with me. And she was like, (sighs) <sighs> okay, I can do that. I was like, thank you. I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> but it was so funny. So it's funny that you say that. And on that same lightened up note, there's a question that Kelsey wrote. And I want to know the everybody's answer for this, honestly. So if we don't do it in our individual episodes, I will circle back. What is the movie you have seen the most times? Ooh, okay. I will say the movie I've seen the most times does not equate to my favorite movie. Okay, so you can answer both. Tell us both. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So the movie I've seen the most times is probably, um, oh my God. (laughs) Okay. This is so sad, but I'm, I am looking it up just because I want to know. Okay. Yes. What happens in Vegas? Um, and I, (laughs) <laughs> Literally had to look up the title because it was like one of those that was on like TV so many times when my friends and I were having a sleepover at her house. So we have watched this movie like time and time and time again. I could probably recite the movie, but I didn't know the exact title because I'm never like like picking it out. It's just on and like we just see the same like scenes or pick up from wherever like that type of thing. That's probably truly the movie I've seen the most, which is insane Um, because it has no meaning to me and like it's just a funny comedy, whatever. My favorite movie, which I think I've said before, is 
The Lion King, which, by the way, Disney just announced that they're doing a Mufasa movie, and I'm very excited for that. Amazing. Great answers. Um, I think that's hysterical. Is that a Cameron Diaz? Who is in that movie? In What Happens in it's Vegas? Cameron yes, Diaz it's Cameron Diaz and Ashley Okay, okay that's right. And I didn't have to, and what's embarrassing is I didn't have to Google it to tell you that. <laughs> Okay, we love those movies that you just like accidentally end up watching so many times. That's so funny. But I love The Lion King is a very solid answer for your favorite movie. Um, Okay, another fun question. What would the next vacation, what vacation would you take next if money and like time off of work was not an issue? Like someone was just like, you can go anywhere tomorrow. Don't worry about anything. Oof. I... So I studied abroad in France, but I never got to go to the south of France. I went to so many other countries. I went to Paris so often because I studied at a town like an hour and a half outside of Paris. So it wasn't truly in Paris. Um, But I never got to do like the coast of France. And I absolutely want to do that. And that's something that my mom and I have talked about as our like a next trip to do. Um, And it's kind of been like a celebration of sorts for so many things that have happened in the past couple of years um, to kind of go there and do all of those cities. So that's like my dream next, like dream big trip. Okay. On the same note, again, I'm bringing it full circle tonight. What has your favorite vacation that you've been on? Yeah. Oof. Okay. Probably like there, I categorize them as two, like little kid vacation and like adult vacation. So little kid vacation is the Bahamas when I went to like Atlantis with my family. And it was just a, such an experience. And like, I have so many memories there with my dad too, that I think are just so special and going on rides with him and like doing all these things. So I will say that that's will always hold a special place in my heart. And I'm those are like, I think we had mentioned Kelsey in our last episode where you try to hold on to these memories so hard. Like that's a vacation where I like really like, it's almost like I have to remind myself every couple of months or years, like, don't forget about this and this and this because I want to hold on so badly. And then adult vacation is, I'm trying to think, hmm, honestly, this like past uh, December, I went on a wine tasting trip for the first time and with my high school friends. And we've kind of made it a tradition to go and do a trip with us like every year. And this just came about like within the last couple of years, like we haven't been doing it. And I just think there's something so special about being with a group of friends that have known you for so long. Like there's no putting on anything, like any sort of like, like literally like I mean, yes, we like put on makeup or whatever, but like, I'm just saying you're so comfortable with them. There's no putting on a mask or a show or whatever of who you are. Like we all are truly so comfortable with each other and you just pick back up like immediately. And I know there are definitely other friends you can do that with, but with people that have history with you and known you for so long, it's just so easy and natural and almost like easy to travel with those people as well because you're just so comfortable. Totally. It's like you borderline, like you said, on family comfortability level when you've known people for that long. Yeah. Um, Okay. Switching a little bit from friends to dating things, I would like to hear um, from what you feel like sharing where you are in your life right now as she takes a big sip of rosé. Just want to clarify for everyone who can't see this. Um, What is your current – 
approach mentally to dating at this time in your life? Like, what do you think about it? And then also, what is your love language? My current approach is I feel like I've been really jaded by dating apps. Um, I've been on them for like a long time. And I think that the way of like modern dating, that's been such a like prominent, I don't know, way to date. And I don't know if I was talking to either of you about this, but somebody mentioned to me like, to not view it as dating apps is the way to meet people. It's a way to meet people. Um, So I think like changing that kind of language in my head was really important because for a long period of time, I thought it was the only way to meet like a partner or uh, anybody to go on a date basically. Um, So I think like I've had to kind of retrain my mind in that sense. And I think that it's just gotten truly like worse and worse on dating apps. And if anything, I've, now switch to more believing in like meeting people organically whereas before I had lost hope in that um and now I'm like back on that train so it's interesting how my mind has like like ping-ponged back uh from that and um yeah so I think I'll just say that in terms of dating I think I'm like I'm very open to like the possibility about finding a partner. It's not like I'm necessarily closed off or anything like that. I will say, I feel like after being single for a good amount of time, it gets harder to imagine like compromise and doing all these things with somebody else because you've had control over your life and doing all these things. So a part of that is like a little bit scary and that's a very vulnerable thing for me to probably to say publicly. Um, And then in terms of my love language, I am number one, which is always like kind of the shitty, like I feel like one is gifts and number two is quality time. So yeah, gifts is like, it's both receiving and giving. I feel like I'm very, I try to be thoughtful with my gifts as much as I can and personal, whether you're a friend or a romantic partner. Like I'm trying to think of like, things that remind me of you or that you need. Like I, I really try to be really thoughtful in that manner. Um, and sometimes like I can't get there, but most of the time I, I have tried to make an effort for sure. And then yeah, receiving gifts too. Again, it's with the thoughtfulness of it though. It's like, that's the, the love component of it for sure. Um, and then, like I said before, with my friends quality time, I think just like, it doesn't have to be we're all doing something it's just being together in the same room like watching television or something like that is important to me okay so you don't have to answer this I'm not gonna put you on the spot I'm gonna give you an option and if you don't if you feel comfortable answering both I want you to answer both so I was gonna ask as we were talking about your love life one of the worst like dates or like dating experiences you have and if you don't want to answer that then you can also, um, I was also like something that people would be like surprised to know about you or that like not a lot of people know about you. And if you don't want to answer that, then it's Kelsey's turn to ask you a question. (laughs) I think that, oh gosh, I mean, there have been so many bad first (laughs) Like there's like too many to pick from. So just in general, I'll say like, it's the like kind of cat, fishy like you don't look like your picture when you show up on the date and just getting there and literally like walking up and knowing that (laughs) and then thinking you still have like an hour probably to spend there before you can get out is like the worst part (laughs) I think um yeah though I've been on a couple of those that are like 
how do I get out of here as quickly as possible? Okay, so one of the boyfriends I've dated like kind of recently, and we're just putting it out there today. Um, it was that situation. And then I ended up like thinking he was so cute later. But the whole time I was like going on the first date with him, I was like, this man is not cute. Like, this is not it. And has that ever happened to you? Yes, because it's in your head the whole time. And then you're not focused on like anything that that person is saying. Like for me, it's like, like there is a, I am definitely a more personality attractive type. Like I'm attracted more to like certain personalities for sure but there is obviously a physical attraction that needs to exist as well and if immediately I'm already feeling like off from like walking up towards you and I do want to give you a chance I try to give everybody a chance but if it's just like it's never gonna happen in my head like I am not comp- like I am not comprehending a word that is coming out of that person's mouth because all I'm thinking about is how am I gonna get out how am I gonna get out how am I gonna get out so yes for sure that's happened to me I can relate so much to everything you've been saying about the approach to dating apps and dates and real life and everything like that. Um, You didn't answer the second part of what is something about you that people don't know, right, Mads? That's what you asked? Yeah, or like something – or like people would be surprised to know about you or something that like not a ton of people know. Either one of those works. I feel like I'm an open book, truly. Like I feel like – I overshare and I speak my mind and I'm very like you can see my emotions a lot so I don't know how much there is that other people don't know unless there's a specific one that you are actually curious about that I can answer but I don't know like that's that's a tough one I'd have to think about that no it's funny because if you guys think back to whenever I told you that the guy I was singing like I told him about the podcast it was because he asked me the same question I was like I literally have nothing but the podcast that nobody knows about I was like I'm such an open book I'm pretty sure you knew like my grandma's birth story on our first date like I like I have nothing else to tell you so I'll tell you about my podcast secret like it was so funny and it's the same thing Kat it's like I'm such an open book um, there's a song called Overshare by Kelsey Ballerini. It's one of my favorite songs ever. And I always say it's my personality song. Oh my gosh. I have to listen to that. I love Kelsey Ballerini. So yes. Yeah, you'll love it. Me too. Me too. Um, I want to bring it back because you never finished talking about your type six Enneagram. So if you want to, and a lot of what you've said from what I know about type sixes has a line. So if you want to just quickly explain Enneagram and what you resonate with with type six. Yeah, I don't remember too much. I just know the main trait of a type six is security. So feeling secure, that comes from for sure, probably like the trauma I experienced when I was little. Um, And it's just feeling like anything that you choose, like you'll be okay making that if you choose that decision, if you make that decision, or you just feel like a sense of, you need a sense of security with everything that you do. Um, I hate feeling like, I guess what's the right word? Um, like I could, if I, I would want to avoid, I feel like anyone would, uh, a chance at failure if I can. And I think that I also, um, like just in general, I, I have a lot of anxiety. So I think that the security thing also plays a factor in that as well of just like feeling secure in my decisions and in my environments as well in relationships like that's obviously super important um and in romantic relationships it that's where it definitely evolves in there as well this feeling of like abandonment in a sense is also a very 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 scary thing for me which is interesting because I think it does kind of come a little bit from the trauma but in the sense of like 
he didn't choose to leave me, but he still left. And so I get scared of somebody else being a, like being able to leave basically. Um, and that's with friends, that's with romantic partners, other, like everybody. So. Um, how far are you into One Tree Hill? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am on season four. I'm towards the end, which by the way, update to everybody that I've started the series and I'm already like towards season five, but if it hasn't happened yet, then I don't know. I'm trying to lure them to Wilmington. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'm super down. Okay, well, I'm not going to say anything then just because I'm not sure, but we, we'll revisit that later. <laughs> so, of course, as you can all tell, we've been really wanting to make this just about who Kathy is as a person and, like, getting to know her. But this is still a grief podcast, so I do want to leave some space to talk about grief and your dad. And um, we've obviously covered so many topics, and we've heard a lot of pieces to the story, but I kind of want to open the floor to just some of, like, what were some of your favorite things about your dad and what do you think are the most prominent qualities you've gotten from him? Favorite things I would say is a very intense work ethic. Um, And it's funny because I feel like I've always had really big shoes to fill and I don't feel like I'm ever accomplishing enough because he did so much. And then I I think I expressed this one time to my friends and I was really nervous about it. And like what I heard back was a complete opposite of what I was telling myself internally. Like my friends were like, you feel like, I feel like you're the most achieved or you've done so much and you're so driven. And that's so the opposite of how I think you're perceived from the outside than what you're telling yourself on the inside. So I will say there's that um, component to it that I've had to not be so hard on myself about it. Um, I think that success is measured very differently, especially through generations. And with his, there was just a lot that I felt like I could never live up to. Um, however, I'm really trying to be more proud of all of the steps and success that I've had in my life in the current world and like how I am today and given all of my environment and my like situation and circumstances. He, it was a, so my dad was born in Guatemala, um, and he was an immigrant here. Um, he worked at a, ba- our, like, family bakery, um, when we were, there was, there is a family bakery, I guess, in Guatemala, um, that was kind of managed by the whole family and all the kids. I think he was one of eight, I want to say, and he was the youngest. So he was the baby of the family. Um, and he had, I believe it's five sisters and two brothers. Um, and so I grew up with actually knowing the sisters the most. And a lot of those sisters moved to LA and I had kind of like a relationship with them. They ended up going elsewhere after LA, but I think for the most part, I've gotten to know most of them pretty well. Um, and my dad went to eventually, Uh, finished high school here, I believe, and then was able to, you know, Spanish was his first language. He was literally doing his homework in, like, with a dictionary next to him, figuring out what every word meant in English, and then having to answer and respond in English. Like, that is such an insane character trait to have, and just have that discipline to be able to do that, And then he went on to get a full ride scholarship at USC. So I am 
a legacy at USC as well, which is really important to me to kind of like carry on that tradition. And there's a whole layer of grief in that, um, not being able to like see that, um, like have him be there for me during the time that I chose to go to that college or graduate from that college because that was very special. And then he went on to become and he went to law school. So then he passed the bar on the first try, which is also insane and just unheard of as well. Um, and I mean, all people do that, but the like pass rate is obviously really low and the California bar is really hard. So he studied a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, then went to law school, then became an immigration or er, went into immigration law because he really wanted to give back to his own community because that's how he got here and went and basically kind of give back to this, create a legacy in itself, like of like giving back to the, what he is made out of. So I always thought that was so honorable of him. And then after, like, I think being at a few practices, he opened up his own practice. So it's like, literally, you think that he, he like, just doesn't stop, like, achieving all of these insane milestones and for sure became, like, the biggest breadwinner of all of the family. I mean, as you can imagine, my dad's family did not grow up rich at all. They were very poor in Guatemala, and he really paved his way to success, not only to escape all of that, but also to build like a very wealthy future for himself and successful future and meaningful future in the States. So I think like it's one just getting away from um, the kind of poverty and like tough situations that he had to deal with as a child is and a success in itself, but the lengths that he went to, to build, um, like future, like generational wealth was, is really on him. And like I said, I won't, I won't be shy about admitting that I definitely had a different upbringing than my cousins and other people in the family because of his hard work. Do you, um, I have a question and I don't, I don't know if this is too much, but do you still like, do you still have communication with the family from Guatemala? Yes. Um, I actually made a trip there a couple years ago for the first time and went to go visit my mom's country, which is El Salvador, and my dad's country, Guatemala. And I met family I had never met before, but they knew my dad. And so they were like meeting me for the first time and basically like telling me how much I look like him and like reconnecting with all of these people and cousins I had literally shared last names with and had never met before. And I got to go to the bakery that he worked at, which was really cool. And just like meet so many people and learn about the school that he went to. So that was a very meaningful trip for sure. Wow. That's That's incredible. About your dad that I don't think we knew at all because We've talked about like you and your grief with it, but that's not getting to know like who your dad was, which is so unbelievable. What a wild, impressive, incredible story. And I, you know, I can see a lot of that work ethic transferring onto you. And I think the USC thing is so special. And I know like one of those like very bittersweet, but is really cool that you did get to continue that on. Um with grief, we've obviously, again, talked about a lot of different things, but if you, and we've spent time talking about for you, especially like the, the fact that this happened to you when you were still young, you were a child, you were not fully developed yet. And like all the layers of that. And I guess inadvertently by just like talking on the podcast, we hear more about the current day, but I would say like 
just as I asked, like, what is your current relationship to dating or like your thoughts about dating? What is your current as of right now relationship with your grief? Yeah, I think that um, it's more of this, like, I'm not in the first year of anything anymore, right? Like, I'm not in the early years of anything. I feel like it's like these later years. Um, and I think I'm in a very weird, like ordinary life stage of just like, what's an everyday day look like? Um, because I think as you're growing up, there's so many milestones that you're anticipating and having feelings about. And now you're kind of in your adult life where it's like, traditionally, I guess the next big milestone is like getting married and having a family. And you could go years without like getting to that milestone, if ever. And so I think it's about this like in between period of like not having that big milestone that will maybe spark these feelings, but it just be lingering, like we've always said, like the refrigerator running in the background in certain capacities and in certain ways. So I think it's not as like prevalent as much as it has been in my past years of life, to be honest. Um, and I don't want that to sound like I don't think about my dad or I don't mourn or grieve or anything. I definitely have still have hard days for sure. And definitely still do even like 16 years later. But I do think that it's not as at the forefront of a lot of things as it has been in previously in my life. Um, as we're talking about current, I'm curious, have you, how have you noticed like your either day-to-day life with grief or just with things in general? Um, and like, including like how we saw like example, how we saw like how Top Gun had all these grief um, theories and things, themes. Um, how have, has, has your mind everyday life changed since we've started the podcast and started bringing it up more often? Mm, that's a really good question um, because it's opened up so much more conversation, not only obviously on here, but trying to speak about my podcast in general to other people. I've had to be more vocal about it. And, you know, it's interesting going back to what I said of like, I'm such an open book. I'm like, everyone knows everything about me. I would say probably the grief story about my dad is the one thing that I haven't let people in as much and but then it was like almost this comfort in doing it with people that have had loss and with strangers aka you two at the beginning um and I think that those maybe deep dive conversations are not I think I know that I haven't had them with my friends and so having to talk to co-workers to like friends of friends to strangers that are like people I followed on Instagram like years ago that know about this for some reason it's like there's definitely a whole nother language and learning about how much I do want to share and now I am so public about this like what is what kind of like do I want to share with them and how do I approach talking to them about the podcast because I've never been so public about this in my life that I do think that that's a huge change from prior to the podcast where it was very private right there and I've I've felt this too there's almost a sense that like this big heavy thing it almost becomes like casual conversation right it's something that lives on yeah, your Instagram exactly. or it comes up with people that you would be like oh did you watch the bachelor on monday and they're like oh what's your podcast about like it it reframes right. it to be casual and so is that what you mean where like that's been a trip and kind of yes. a change yes 
totally like when somebody is like oh what's your podcast about because usually like if I say I have a podcast and I don't lead with a grief podcast it's like oh it's probably about pop culture or like something like really trivial or whatever which whatever and then I have to go into actually it's about um morning loss um for people who are like in their like mid-20s or 30s or whatever young adults and so then I have to go into like my story so yes it's that very like kind of weird casual way of going about talking about what happened to me and what the podcast is about um I have to tell you guys this because that just reminded me because I've already brought it up earlier how the um guy that I was seeing I told him about the podcast because I'm an open book so I was talking to him today actually and he texted me and said I'm going to start a podcast called good grief that's just me and a co-host Mads McGill roasting people and giving them grief our podcast will be in the same niche Oh my gosh. I mean, that is a great name. And I actually thought about that name too. But then I was like, no, I don't know. But that is cute. Well, I, had, I had to put that in there. Yes. Yeah, I had so to put funny. that in there. No, that's so funny. And I'm glad that it's just like the act of telling more people and talking about it. It goes back to something I think we talked about in the beginning that like, you give something so much power when you keep it inside and you don't talk about it and it can just like eat you up if you don't speak about it in different ways and doesn't always as this is have to be this big heavy thing to talk about it um but Kathy you specifically obviously were the one who had the vision for the podcast and for anyone who doesn't know is the one who created the Facebook post that Mads and I responded to um what were some of the topics and expectations when it was still just an idea in your head that you wanted you're like, we ha- I have to do this. We have to cover this topic or I want it to be like this. Like, what do you remember those early expectations? Yeah, I think that um, even from the list that I gave both of you when we did practice episodes, those were like so important to me. And honestly, two of the most things I could like speak about. And so I, I don't, I, we've probably talked about this before. Um, but the practice episode I did with Mads was about social media and grief and how people act on social media. And I feel like I had so many thoughts and like conversations and overhearing other people's like opinions about people posting about a person that they lost or on an anniversary or et cetera, et cetera. And then I think the Kobe thing was like I've expressed before, the girl dad hashtag was really triggering. And I think that was something like I really wanted to address and felt like this would have been that format to do so. Um, And then like with weddings, just because that's been that was my practice episode with Kelsey, just because that's been kind of, um, I guess, like the stage of life that I'm in, in like attending and being in weddings and my friends getting married. And and understanding all of the different traditions and I guess feelings and emotions that go into that day and that chap and that like chapter, like the chapter of literally like planning your wedding is like a chapter of its own before like starting your marriage. And I think that also all of the, I, I don't think I fully realized all of the feelings and family stuff that can go into that. Um, as I do now witnessing it with my friends and understanding how much there can be feelings about your parents involved in that. Um, in whatever regard, but I think understanding that I was like, okay, that's also something that I would definitely want to talk about on a podcast. So honestly, those were two of like the most like big things. Um, and I think just normal conversations and being able to relate to people, like 
again, I think I always said I have these thoughts. I said this in the Facebook post when I was first searching for hosts, co-hosts. I have like these thoughts in my head that I feel like other people, never, if you haven't gone through loss, do not have in their head. And it's just figuring out like, have you thought about this? And if the answer is yes, you make me feel like so validated. And even though I don't need to have validation, it feels really good to do so. So that was something that was very important to to have through this podcast. On the note of the podcast, Kelsey wrote this question. Again, I have to give her credit because it's so good. And this is why I got so excited when she brought it up earlier. Um, so what is what was your if you don't know, I don't know if we've said it before, but Kathy interviewed a lot of people. So what was kind of that process and how you solidified like who it was going to be? And then also, what were your first impressions of both of us? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. He's totally um, honest. We have thick skin. Okay. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so I posted in a bunch of different Facebook groups and I got a lot of responses. I think it was about like, 30-ish or more responses. I was meeting with people and like literally had them fill out like a doodle about like open availability times and just like talk to you about, I mean, you guys both know this, um, and talk to you about like your grief story and like what resonated from my post that you saw and learning about them just on a like personal level. It was more of understanding how like we connected or related in that way. And if I could see like us, it was literally like speed dating, you guys. Like it was like, okay, like would our personalities get along? Like would we be good like on air together or like, like all of that. Um, And then it was, and I met like so many introverted, extroverted, like funny, serious people. And that was something too that I had to navigate like, What's the tone that I want? What are the types of people that I want? Um, So I think after all, and I wanted diversity too in terms of like your grief experience. Um, And so I think with all of that, I will say every single one of those people was a female. So if you're a male and you want to come on, we need to hear your voice. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so about 30-ish. Then I narrowed it down to five. And then... um, (laughs) And then I had five, and then I did a practice episode with each of the five. Obviously, the two people here were also did those practice episodes. Um, and this is where it got really tough because I was selecting topics that I could really see myself talking about. And then I was practicing with these people and figuring out, like, do we vibe? I was listening to it back also and seeing how we sounded, um, like, in front of, uh, like, from an I guess, like, with being off the air. Um, Did you send them to friends, yeah. too, and, like, have different one of your friends so, so I didn't at that stage because then I narrowed it down to three. And then I was like, oh, my God, this is so hard. And now I was like, I don't know what to do. I The, the five to three was really hard, but the three to, by the way, I only plan to have this podcast with one co-host. So I was, like, trying to narrow it down to three to one. And at this point, I'm like, I don't know what the heck to do. And now I'm sending it to my friends and telling them, tell me objectively, what do you like? What do you not like? Like, I have no idea. Here are my thoughts. And my and I didn't give them my notes until after they listened, because I didn't want to influence their notes. So shout out to 
all of the Real Housewives of LA, which is our group chat of the girls that listen to this, um, and helped me with that decision making and just su- and supporting me. I knew at the end of the day, whatever I chose and whoever I chose, they would be like, "Fuck yeah!" Like we love her, or whatever. But like it was just nice to get their input in general. Um, and then yeah, and that was a really t- and then I was like, I can't choose one. I really can't choose one. I. I'm going to choose two. And then after that decision, I was like, I mean, do you really want me to be honest? I was just thinking. (laughs) I'm getting scared reading your face. I mean, I'll let you take discretion on what you want to share. But I believe it's fine. Did somebody, did that person say no? no? Like, was the other person offered in or one of them? No, 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 no. No, no, no. We just connected first. And then Kathy let me listen to you and the other girls. And we decided on you together. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Wait, that's amazing. Yes. Yes, which is a surprise for Kelsey. I did not know, but, <laughs> but that makes me feel I good. know. But you were chosen by both of us, which I hope means more. And this would l- literally not run without you. Like, we literally probably would not even have two episodes done no, without you. No, and And so this segues into my first impressions. And I think that I viewed Kelsey as very, like, on top of her shit. Like, she will get shit done. And I was like, if I want this podcast to succeed, I need her to be a part of it. And that was very much so a component of the selection of, of that. But I also really enjoyed and my friends kept saying how much they enjoyed our wedding episode, and the conversation between us as well. And obviously, it was really, really hard. But I am so glad that I went with that decision. Um, And yes, so that was very much so my first impression of you but in a very good way of like I think that she will you know pick up the pieces if need be like she'll put in so much effort towards it you were really communicative during the whole process which I really appreciated so that was my first impression of Kels and I will 100% back up Kathy literally she described both people that she had done the final two with and everybody was amazing she didn't say a bad thing about either at anybody she just kind of gave personality traits and I kind of went off of what I knew from Kathy and I's discussions and then I was like hmm and then we listened to the episodes and it really was I was like we need she said to me word for word exactly what she just said she's like if we want this thing to run and want to be successful like we need Kat- Kelsey to push us and I was like well, um, I'm kind of lazy when I get overwhelmed. So yeah, let's get Kelsey. <laughs> no, no, you were you were lovely, and I knew that we knew that we needed you, and it would not have been. I mean, everybody was lovely, but it wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have had it any other way. Oh my gosh, this is so fun to hear. I really had no idea, but I love it. No, 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 that's so fun. And then, what was your first impression of Mads? And then with Mads, it felt like a friend that I knew already like it felt so comfortable talking to you the first time it literally felt like we had been friends before and there was just this level of comfort that our conversation felt so natural and we connected on mental health which was so important for me and important for her and I remember just like having that conversation and feeling that I was talking to a friend not like interviewing to have a co-host and I just like knew immediately like that's the type of vibe I wanted to have on this platform and on the podcast. And I will say even today, a coworker came up to me that listens and talked about how she feels like when she's listening, it does not feel like, like it's strangers. It feels like we've been friends for years and that she thinks I did an amazing job picking the people that I did. And she's like, I don't know how, like 
how did you choose these people? And I was like, thank you, because a lot of work went into (laughs) selecting these people. But I will say that I do think that there's a collective trait. I mean, the three of us know, bringing it back to literally full circle to scrubbing in and from that podcast. And I feel like that community has like so many shared probably values and views that like made it already inherently like a great pool of people to choose from and community to post in so I do really like want to thank that community and that group because that led me to you guys and so it was just a matter of narrowing it down and like I said that was that was the difficult part it wasn't like it was a like who do I choose like instead of like oh I have to go search like all of these places and I don't like anybody Okay, before we fully wrap up, Kathy, since all you knew going into this was just that you were going to be in the hot seat and you didn't know our approach, wanted to open it up to you in case there was something that you were kind of like ready to talk about or share, but maybe we didn't touch on. <laughs> yes, um, but I think that I'll save it for another episode. Oh, wow. What a Oh, tease. a cliffhanger. A teaser. Wow. Okay. Well, um, since your last uh, your last break was a break of uh, honesty, and you know we uh, put it all out there on the table today, I wanted to um, before we close out just thank you guys um, both for being so lovely. Um, honesty is that we just there's some things going on, and both Kathy and Kelsey have been so lovely, both reaching out to me in the group chat and individually, um, never asking me questions, just taking whatever I would give them and going with it. Um, Kathy so much even today texted me and was like, hey, do you want to do this graphic? I can do it totally by myself. But like, if you want to do it, like, let me know, which um, sometimes when you're in a weird space, you can be like oversensitive or over emotional. And so even like that, like, that's the first time anybody's been cognizant of that. Um, So just you both have been so lovely. um, And thank you. And I'm excited to get through this stage and dive into the next one. Um, But thank you guys for being so patient and lovely as always. that's all. That's what I got. We're here for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, like I said, like I a lot of work went into the selection of my co-host. So I'm really happy that it's working out and we can be that support system for each other too, like off the podcast. I'm really grateful for that. In that same note is like you like couldn't you were so careful in the selection you couldn't get through like you know this is a podcast wouldn't be what it was like both of you have been people um, with the situation I've been able to talk to you who are so far removed from it that it's been a good different just think people I could tell who have no idea what's actually going on in my life um, in a funny way but know some deep things and so I couldn't like I wouldn't pick any other two friends that I could confide in in this and I know I texted you guys today and I was like I just want to hug you guys but like really like the same way we all were meant to be together on the podcast like I'm very grateful for you guys in this stage so thank you both of course and I think it has worked out that we are these kind of like neutral figures that aren't in each other's day-to-day immediate life but are able to be still this like go-to for some of the bigger things, but it feels safe because it's like we're not connected to anything else. We don't interact with other people in your lives. So it was, it's been such a sneaky, positive added layer to everything. Absolutely. Um, but Kathy, I want to thank you for being open with <laughs> us today and being on the hot seat. Did you finish that big old glass of rosé? 
I still have some left, but I will be finishing soon. The next, okay, the next great. time we do it, we have to do like like morning crew or morning show like hot or morning crew like hot wings or something like the hot ones and like make them get spicier and spicier. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I would die! That. I was literally just watching that yesterday. That's so weird. I haven't watched it in so long. We were watching the Jonas Brothers one, and they're like crying eating the last <laughs> few, and I'm so bad with spice. I was thinking I would get like sick doing that. Yeah, a hundred percent. But I like the creativity, and maybe we could do something <laughs> like that, too. Um, Mads, do you want to close us out? Sure. Okay, everyone. Thanks for listening. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, join our Facebook group, send us an email at themorningcrew at gmail.com. Um, still no emails, but from Gmail, updating me on my settings. So, you know, if you want to check in, <laughs> I'll be there. Um, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time and we will continue this deep dive series. We haven't decided if it'll be me or Mads, but we will get through the rest of us. <laughs> <Let's>, baby. Thank <laughs> you. Bye. Bye.